Welcome to the Optionality Game, a conversation with successful leaders about evaluating your options, taking the right risks, and creating your own luck. I'm your co-host, Cooper Schoenthaler. I've loved entrepreneurship since I started my first business, cleaning refrigerators, when I was eight years old. Now I'm a third-year student at Northeastern University, exploring the world of business through positions in finance and consulting. I'm your other co-host, Alston Thomas. Spending my weekends at garage sales growing up, finding items to resell on eBay, had instilled a love for business long before starting university. Now at Northeastern, I'm a fourth-year student and have worked in early-stage startups in venture capital in the past. Each of us want to build companies that positively impact the world, and so at Northeastern, we became immersed in the world of business. But along the way, we found that the path after graduation is not as straightforward as we originally thought. We see people graduate picking the riskiest options possible, like starting a business, and still end up making millions. We see others who work hard to graduate with a safe, steady, and well-paying position at the top companies, but aren't left as fulfilled as they expected. After seeing different choices result in such different outcomes, it made us wonder, should I become another 20-something just clawing their way up the corporate ladder? Do I take the path less traveled and risk my livelihood to work at a startup? Or do I throw it all away and just become a ski bum? I've honestly given equal thought to these three options, as well as many others. This podcast is our much-needed exploration into the options that people choose, the choices they regret, and most importantly, whether they're satisfied with how it all turned out. Lessons are best conveyed by stories, and we hope to explore the career-defining moments of business leaders and change the way you think about your decisions. So welcome to the Optionality Game.
RSA is the biggest cybersecurity conference every year. Uh, there's about 40,000 attendees. And last year, which it was like the last event before everything shut down, it was in February, we had this little uh, party, this little event, and uh, our SVP of sales said, once we pass $10 million in ARR, I'm going to get an Exonius tattoo. And I said, well, I mean, if you do it, I have to do it. And our CEO sitting right next to us said, if you guys do it, I've got to do it too. And as soon as we got back, we created a WhatsApp group. It was $10 million ARR tattoo. And I'm thinking I've got plenty of time. I don't have to even think about this. And uh, like everything else at Exonius, things happened a lot faster than expected. And so uh, the three of us now have the Exonius logo tattooed on our arms. Uh, actually, Dean got it on his leg, but uh, you won't find a lot of people that have their startups logo tattooed on them, but I'm one of them. It's funny that you did that based on something like 10 million ARR or, um, you know, an achievable goal. Not like, you know, if the this particular investor happens to invest today or something, because I got to say, based on your track record, I'm not sure I would ever bet again. Next time you join an Israeli cybersecurity startup, I would not bet anything on them not making it to 10 million ARR. So. Yeah. And it was more of a, if, if our SVP of sales is going to put you know, my logo on him, I'm not gonna, like, I can't, I can't not do it. So it was also something where it was like, we never have a goal of getting some investor to invest in it. It was a, more of a, this is something that's in our control. It's gonna happen. So let's just, let's just do this. And I had never planned on, on uh, getting a tattoo before. And uh, that split second, I'm like, yep, gonna do it. Can I ask what part of your body is it on? It's right here on my arm. It is a massive tattoo. One question I had for you is how do you think about work-life balance? Because we often have interacted with people who are, um, you know, not Gen Z and they tend to have a very different outlook on work-life balance than we do, but you also seem like a family man. So I'm, I'm curious on your perspective on that. Yeah. So the way that I think about it, I'm, I'm totally against the idea of working just insane hours and only being devoted to work. I get up relatively early. I think I'm a little bit lucky in that I only require like five hours of sleep. Um, so I'm always at my desk at seven, but I'm always done at 5 p.m. Like five o'clock, I'm done. Sometimes 5.30, never six, but I'm always done there. You know, as soon as I'm done with this, I'll, I'll go outside and hang out with my wife and my daughter. She's six. And uh, I will definitely get a couple of Slack messages or emails over the weekend, but it's pretty much off limits unless there is an emergency because listen, like jobs change, companies get acquired, companies fail, but it, you know, family is what, what matters. And um, that, like the other thing too is there's always going to be more work. If you say that only during these hours, that makes you focus, it makes you focus on what matters um, because you could do this all day, every day and still keep chasing every email and, um, and you'll never catch up. So I, I, I like having those guardrails. Yeah, you're reminding me of uh, Parkinson's law, which says that you will fit a task into the period you give yourself. So you know, if you have an essay to write, it will take five hours if you give yourself five hours, but it'll take a month if you give yourself a month. So I love that. I love that idea. But I also have to say, I'm very jealous of you for your five hour sleep schedule. I'm an eight hour a day kind of guy. And, um, and I, I wish I had that extra three hours of time. So props to you. 
And so the last question I wanted to ask you, Nathan, is something we ask uh, all of our guests, which is when you get to the end of your life and you're on your deathbed and your family's around you, what are going to be the things, the metrics that you use to define whether you were successful in your life? You know, is it going to be, I assume not money, but what, how are you going to think about that? What are your OKRs for success? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. Um, and I, I'm glad that you said uh, you assume it's not money because to me, like the way that I think about money is money is fuel. Unless you've got something to do with it and and something that you want, it doesn't matter. And um, it's it's just like having, you know, a tanker full of gasoline and nothing to put it in. Like, what's the point? And so I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I, I think of a couple of things. I think it's just, you know, the people that are around you and and that you spend your time with that you love. I think it's the people that you've been able to help in their careers. And, uh, you know, like I said, I love seeing people that have uh, gotten to to promote it to VP or helped others get a job or, you know, I'm, I'm constantly advising other startups and helping them with their message and helping them, um, you know, I'm starting to do some investing in, in other companies. So like, to me, it's it's who you've helped. Um, that's just a lot more than saying like, you know, I, I hit these accomplishments or, you know, I, um, I helped a company raise this much money or get this much revenue. Like those are nice, but I, I think it's the other things that happen along the way that are much more interesting and, and definitely more rewarding. Hmm. That's a great answer and a, and a compassionate one at that. Um, this is just more of a personal question, but do you have any interest in, in philanthropy in your life? You know, how do you think about giving? Yes, absolutely. And so um, that is something that is very interesting to me, you know, after I don't know how many more of these I'll do, but that's that's definitely what I want to devote my time to. Um, but also one of the things that we do that's a key component of who we are at Exonius is giving. So for instance, we have a program that we kicked off that we call Exonius for Good. It's kind of an internal thing. We don't do a lot of PR around it, but Every event we do, instead of giving swag, we donate to a charity on um, on people's behalf. Whenever we do a webinar, instead of uh, you know thanking someone by giving them a piece of of swag with Exonius on it, uh, we did this thing called the Great Debate. The every um, uh, person that was involved with it, we donated five hundred dollars to the charity of their of their choice. We have uh, two days for every employee to volunteer every year. We, um, for instead of giving gifts to our customers at the end of the year, we give them a charity choice gift card. So it is a huge part of what we do. We realize how lucky we are, how fortunate we are, especially the fact that we've grown so much even during a pandemic when, when many, many people weren't so lucky. So, um, so giving is a huge part of what we do and it always will be. And, and I'm going to bring that with me, um, you know, to any other company that I'm part of um, for the rest of my career. And then beyond that, yeah, that's that's exactly what the plan is. Um, I don't think you'll see me uh, on a beach um, in some tropical island. I, I've got too much to do for that. Well, that's a great way to close it out. Um, before we go, I, I would want to ask, do you have any links or social media pages or anything that you might want to share with our listeners? Sure. I think I'm most active on LinkedIn. Um, I have a Twitter account, but I'm useless on Twitter. I can never remember to update it. Um, so I would just, I, I'm Nathan W. Burke on LinkedIn. Uh, I share a lot there. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, if there's something I can do to help you, uh, I, I'm always happy to have those calls. I just worked with someone that's transitioning from 
the Air Force to uh, trying to get into cybersecurity. I love having those conversations. It's one of the first times someone listened to me on a podcast and said, like, I'm actually going to call you out on that and ask for help. I thought that was amazing. So um, I always love uh, helping where I can. So feel free to reach out to me. Ah, I love it. Well, thank you, Nathan. And we will talk to you next time. All right. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Optionality Game. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit us up on social media. We'll be back in a few weeks continuing to interview some of the most interesting entrepreneurs, investors, and business leaders.